All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. It's the first time I've ever heard that. Rest in peace, X. But DMX on a Christmas on that's hood. That's ghetto. I can say that. But rest in peace, man. DMX, I had no idea that he had a Christmas. So I guess when you when you do those numbers Mariah Carey do, everybody try to feel like they can get lucky and hit one of those that you can just live off the next 15, 20 years and get make about $8 million in royalties every damn December. I think the album was called Xmas, too. Wow. Wow. Anyway, um, before we move on, we've got Dante Evans, who's a Rams fan, checking in with us on Facebook Live. He says, hey, as a Rams fan, I like some of the in-season personnel moves we made to get back in contention. If, and that's a big if, if we get into tournament, this is a team that can contend with anyone we saw in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. Um yeah, Dante. I mean, I would I would sit there and say if they can get in the tournament that they could uh, they could be a pest. Um, I don't know if I would still take them, you know, for say to beat the 49ers in Levi Stadium. I don't know if I would take them to. Now I'll tell you this: like um, coaching wise and experience wise, I can see like if they have to run to a Dallas. You know, I know most likely that'll be at home. I mean, I know Dallas has been lights out at home. That can make that interesting. And, of course, if you go into Detroit, you know, because Detroit is – I've been saying this even before the Denver game last week. I just feel that, you know, Detroit, not on the extreme, but they're damn near the kiss and cousin to Dallas Cowboys are how they are way in, uh, at home. And, and I think Detroit is just that team that – in a dome climate and the way their speed is built, they're going to be tough at home. But if you take a Rams team that has to go in there with a motivated Matthew Stafford, and not only that, but the experience of they've gotten Aaron Donald and, you know, coach and look at the defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, that's the experience. They got a puncher's chance because, the team, again, you know, I've never subscribed to those that – and Cincinnati's the one team that probably – proved my theory or my philosophy wrong a few years ago, but I just don't believe that teams that go from not making the playoffs for years and multiple years, they just hop in their first year and then they run all the way to the Super Bowl. I, I've just never really bought in that. I mean, like I told you, the Bengals tested that and proved that to be wrong, but it's a low percentage, and that's the way I feel in regards to speaking of the Detroit Lions. What do you got? All right, now from NFL.com uh, and their next-gen stats, the Rams sit, if they win, a 71% chance to make the playoffs. If they're they cur- win tonight. If they win. They're currently sitting at 48% chance. If they lose, the probability flips to 14% to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at potential matchups, I mean, that it, what the, the format is, you know, 2-7, uh, three, six, and four, five. I'll take your word. I so, never remember the matchups in in football. I got them in basketball, but for some reason well, I never. It's, it's, it's the same no, process. I got you. It's I got same you. process, but but you're factoring the bye week or uh-huh. for for the Niners. So you'd be looking at uh, right now as it sits, Cowboys versus Rams in that first round, and then you come back in the second round. You maybe, I mean, at that point, yeah, you'd probably have to take care of the Niners. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if um, 
I don't know if the Rams would get past Dallas to live another day to even go to San Fran. That would be waiting on them after the bye. Um, you know, division games are always going to be tough, whether in the postseason or regular season. If you get a chance to play them, you play them twice a year, possibly three times. I've always said it's tough to beat a, time, a team three times in a row, those types that you might see them in the division twice, and then you got 2-0. But, oh, by the way, they made a wild card, and now you got to play them again. Those are tough, tough sledding. Um, look, man, I think and that's crazy, too. Just to think, if they win tonight, they improve to 8-7, and seven. Okay, right? Okay. Yeah. Eight and seven. So if they win tonight, that gives them what percentage? Uh, 71% chance, according to next gen stats. I mean, look at the JV side, the NFC. Eight and seven gives you 70%. Next gen stats ain't giving no 70 some percent for no team in the AFC that's eight and seven. Uh, Comparatively, the Bengals, who sit at eight and six right now, they're currently forty-two percent chance to make the playoffs okay. at eight and six. Right. If they win, that only improves to sixty-two percent, and if they lose, it drops down to seventeen percent. A team with an eight and six record. Exactly. Proves Which is point. only one more win than the Rams. But it proves my point. Seventy plus percent chance if they win tonight, and they can get to eight to seven. Must be nice in the JV conference, you know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Just totally but coaching disgusting. wise, yeah. I mean, McVay oh, just has a game a plan week to week to week. Yeah, he knows who your opponent is, and you just got to get what four wins. No, coaching matters, man. Uh, coaching matters without a doubt. You know, um, you know, he can definitely scheme his way to maybe a lucky wild card win or something like that. But regardless, man, whether the Rams make the playoffs or not, Dante, I think it's it's you know, I think they've had a heck of a season. Um, you know, I I never forget when, you know, NFL Networks, Andrew Siliani and their whole crew was going around camps and training camps and they stopped by the Rams camp. And I never forget that McVay knew he's like, yeah, I've seen the wind toll on us. Most coaches don't know that stuff. Most people, ain't, I mean, they hear about it, but he knew they were set and projected at, I think, was it six? Um and they took it personally, and they have. And look, they've already surpassed that. They've already surpassed the winners. So if you have an over ticket on the Rams at six, you cash that in, or are able to cash that in. Yeah, it's uh, but Christmas we'll, money. Yeah, we'll see how it plays tonight. Uh, you know, but just totally disappointed in the Saints. They're the. It's not even close, man. They are the most disappointing team, considering the schedule they had, what they did in the quarterback position, considering the quarterbacks' opponents, the quarterbacks that are in the division. That's just like it's bad. I mean, it's just one of those that I mean, if you're the if you're the Benson family, uh, you know, I don't know if Mickey Loomis survives. I mean, again, the thing that makes it tricky about Mickey Loomis because he's running the Pelicans and the Saints. He's been doing that for years, and that's tough. I mean, he's the GM of the Saints, but you got to run the operations as well as basketball too. He's probably sitting in on them weight clause uh, situations with Zion. You know, he's having to. Mickey's trying to. Mickey's sitting there trying to make this transition. From Sean Payton and all the groceries Sean left him and all the structure Sean left him. He's trying to keep it at float, but he's having to watch over Zion and all his fiascos and his weight loss and his his, you know, being hooked at vivid uh, videos and uh, the Avian Awards, all that kind of stuff. I don't know how I know about all that. But anyway, I mean, I don't know if he if he survives it's because he's got he might not be fireable since he's running the Pelicans too. Okay, uh, no disrespect to the Benson family, rest his soul. He had a lot of dealerships here in the two one zero. They run the Saints on a 
they have always run the Saints on a string shoe, uh, shoestring budget. They have. You know, the only one bright spot I can tell Denver fans, and I didn't even get to my Denver segment yet, this whole thing about this decision looming about Russell Wilson, which this is heating up. I promise you it's heating up, man. I don't over-exaggerate anything, but uh, this dead cap situation that would, would loom if they would move on. The one thing I will tell you is the Saints were always, for the most part, in cap hell during Sean Payton's tenure he always found a way to you would never think it because they were competitive winning damn near nine to ten games a year uh, for the exceptions of three years of his tenure at new orleans meaning the bright spot is they can navigate through it It, it's going to sting for that year but they can navigate through it and they probably got ways around it if that comes down to it there's a lot to be determined these last three weeks for number three it's a lot to be determined, but I digress. Back to this game tonight, I think, like I said, it'll be competitive, but Dante, yes. I think if the Rams get in, you know, they damn sure could be – I mean, no one's going to line up to play. No one wants to line up and play a Super Bowl-winning coach and a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in the playoffs. Regardless what their surrounding cast is around them, that's not something that any team in the NFC is going to be rushing uh, to go play. 877 Three seven grind. Uh, some other things that's off the field NFL wise before we look at some of these uh, weekend matchups uh, here. Um, the NFL is looking to make history uh, on the Peacock channel this week in regards to the Bills versus Chargers. Um, in this particular game that's going to be televised on the Peacock, they're going to have a commercial free fourth quarter. First time ever. Okay, commercial free first fourth quarter. Um, the reason why this is even on the docket is because these these business moves and like test on the cool that happens. I like to, you know, give my thoughts on those in regards to when I see these come across my radar, because on the business side of things, um, there's a couple things going on right here. First of all, I don't know. Um, because Peacock, we know that's NBC, but is Peacock is that a stream? That's a that's another streaming. It's another streaming service. Yep. And you have, and to, you have and, to pay to watch the. Floor. And I'm going to tell you this: since this, since I've been baptized, I'm newly to the streaming game this year in 2023. Uh, so this has been a trial and error for me, a guy that's old school, but I've gotten the streaming service. First of all, I'm just going to tell you, technology is it's improving all around us. Uh, you know, the buffering situation is just what it is. They've got to prove. But I'll tell you this right now: you know, there's a lot of people. Um, I'm I'm not a big fan of um, Spectrum. I'm really not. Okay. Um, They pay me to endorse them. Maybe it's a different story. But Spectrum, ever since that sale, it's just been all hell since Time Warner went out. But I will tell you this in the streaming size, because I always feel like, you know, pick your poison. You know, you want to drown by fire or do you, I mean, you want to die by drowning or die by uh, fire? They've got to, and these, I'm speaking to all streaming platforms because I can do from experience with her. The billing systems and streaming streaming platforms suck. It's borderline feels like it's almost shady. There, it's not a timely billing thing. You have to be specific to ask when are y'all drafting out of this car for billing. It's it's nothing like that. You get you get a number. It's all seems like it's backdoor channel. You know, um, that's something else. But back to my point in this Peacock situation. Um, And this is don't think 
And this is the same thing I said about the college football realignments in regards to these big you know, colleges and conferences that are paying these billions of dollars to these networks, such as the ESPN, the Fox Sports and all that. It's it's almost a conflict of interest because you are really naive if you don't think the National Football League, when they're you know, shelling out billions of dollars for these TV rights and the broadcaster games and, you know, this and that, or they're charging networks this type of money, don't think that they're in a situation where they can sit there and say, hey, we're going to try this as an experiment and we want to do this. That game that's marked December, so and so, we want that to be streaming. We're going to try that with no commercials. You know why? Because it comes to the point where they're testing this out. Okay, because see, soccer has dealt with this for since the test of time since they start televising. I mean, I, I was still, I was too young. I was a baby then, but I remember in my early years of playing soccer, I remember reading and understanding and knowing about that. But I know the fact that when Pele came over to the States, you know, to the end of his career, rest his soul, the real GOAT, um, when he came to the Cosmos in New York. I know most, and that was back in 77, I think it was, somewhere around 76, 77, probably the year I was born. Um the biggest thing was like the network's like, how in the hell are we going to sell soccer when we can't run commercials and it's 90 minutes and it's no commercials and it's no timeouts? What are we going to do? And that's what kind of scared. And, you know, a lot of people, which I subscribe to, a lot of people believe that's why the sport of soccer never really that is behind in America. That never really grew like in the 80s, uh, the late 70s, the early 80s and 90s like it should have been because the TV networks and the fan they couldn't sell it. They couldn't put it on TV. They couldn't do that. So my point is this whole situation about streaming this Bills and Chargers game on Peacock with no commercials in the fourth quarter, that is a test. That is a test from the NFL to sit there and say, okay, we know we got this influx of gambling money coming in because I've been telling you, the, the the sports gaming partnerships, the casino partnerships, DraftKings, FanDuels, the four-letter network app, you know, Disney, the mouse, the other company, the other business they didn't put their toes in monopoly-wise, that's going to dwarf TV money for the NFL. It's going to give them more leeway on their TV deals, which we're probably going to end up sucking for consumers like myself and basically that are old school cats that just want to sit there and turn on the TV and not have to sit there and load and then, you know, buffer. And then, you know, basically when something's on the cave, you got to switch back over and go. They're going to sit there and start manipulating really what they want to do and how they want to make you consume the National Football League. But no commercials. I mean, because understanding, you know, I know we got we get complaints of, man, y'all breaks too low. You run too many commercials. Yeah, they paying, man. Are you just sit? I get it. But they paying. They always gripe and complain. Don't know about the industry of the business, you know. Oh, they can't make that call with well, the refs to suck, man. Have you tried refereeing? Anyway. I ain't talking about no Sunday beer league, too, or no youth league, or no church league, either. Um, a little nervous about this. Now, I will tell you this, too. Another thing I'm noticing on the streaming, you know, it's to the point where you watch, at least with YouTube TV and stuff, they'll put that, they're not running spots and commercials, so they just put that, you know, zen in the ocean, and you just see that dog that just keeps galloping. And it took me a while. I ain't going to lie, man. I was like, week five, say, why do I keep seeing this the whole thing? And I'm thinking, duh, Calvin, they're not, that's just a filler in. They're not running spots. But my business, I was like, oh, this is genius. 
So maybe if I ever want to start running spots, I have when y'all go to break, y'all can just y'all can just see me dancing or running or something like that. But anyway, I this this makes me nervous. This makes me nervous. Cause trust me, and that's gonna look weird too. I know part of people. Oh man, that's great. No commercials. I ain't gotta worry about commercials. Okay. Well, I want to see how this plays out. You know, timeouts. Okay. What are we gonna? We're gonna listen to who's ever color commentating, tell some story, whatever their injuries. We're gonna look at a guy just sitting there getting worked on or walking to the blue tent. But it makes me nervous. What do you got? Well, I mean, it could be like NBA TV with the feed to where you just get the in in stadium feed and you're just watching what's going on. Because like that NBA sucks. in arena, it, yeah, but there's no ads. But then on the other side of that, you know, there's no ads yet. NBA, and you have to pay for pay for the fee. No disrespect to the real Isaiah Thomas. Um, rest of those guys on the NBA TV. That that stuff is low budget, man. NBA TV. I would tell you, I don't know. I don't watch NHL Network. You know, I tip around. I get my NHL information probably from um, you know Four Letter Network, some other places, but. That coverage of NBA on NBA TV, there it's it's kind of low, but it's kind of whack. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's dead silence. I don't like that. Looks sounds weird. Listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillen Whiskey. All right, keep in mind, Pillen Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before boiling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Also, keep in mind, Pillen Whiskey is the official whiskey of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. 
Association, which is the PRCA, and it's the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. That is Pinland Whiskey, 87737-GRIND. Um, anyway, keeping it moving. Um, so keeping it looking at, I've covered, there's only one other thing, um, well, first of all, we, we kind of skipped over. I, I got sidetracked because we were talking about the streaming and other deal. I never did really get finished my, uh, because before I go into the actual games, finishing my Mike Tomlin and uh, Pickens thing. I kind of, I've led that during the break and got sidetracked coming back. Um, you got to, I, I don't see how he comes back next year. Tomlin or Pickens? No, Pickens. Um. You know, everybody can make is entitled to make a mistake. He's human. He hasn't. I mean, he didn't have a good year last year, not really, and he's not having a really good year this year. Now that could be a product of, you know, uh, Pickett. You know, the quarterback. You know, they fired Matt Cannon, whatever. But Pickens is. He just hasn't jumped out the screen. I mean, he makes some highlight catch. He had one in preseason. He can have one, but for the most part. Um, it's not like it's a decision you got to make to be like, oh, there's no way we can replace him. Uh, what do you got? I think you do bring him back because looking at Tomlin's exact comments, he says George is a talented guy, but he's growing and he's growing in a lot of ways in regards to football and life. We don't run away from that. We run to that organizationally when we draft guys. We're committed to being a component of their growth and development in all areas. And that's the Steeler way. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger could talk about the Steeler tradition going away and, and maybe the on-the-field part, but on the sidelines part and the coaching part has not. Um, and, I, and I believe that because George Pickens is a very, very talented receiver. Um, now, he, the, the effort, I think there's some, maybe something in the wide receiver room because Deontay Johnson two weeks ago had to address the same. Well, that's not me. Even though he, when he didn't, uh, there was a fumble right in front of him. He didn't chase the guy. He didn't chase the ball. He just sauntered off. Um, so maybe there's something in that wide receiver room from the coaching or the inconsistency at, uh, offensive coordinator this year. Because it's one thing that um, I think I, I think I told it to Dante before, but it's it's one thing to fire an offensive coordinator, but when you realize when you, there's a point where you have to realize it was the quarterback all along. That it wasn't necessarily the the plays that were being called. It's the, the the reads weren't being made. You can scheme people open, but it's up to the quarterback to find them. Um, and maybe that's where we're at with 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 Kenny Pickett. Is he the right guy? Look, Kenny Pickett. First of all, first, first of all, talent gets you to the NFL. Work ethic and your attitude keeps you here. Um. I'm saying personally, in my opinion, and if I had a rooting interest in Pittsburgh or whatever, especially if they don't make the playoffs, which they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but if they don't make the playoffs, if it's a, in my opinion, I'm not, I don't want that guy back. Because at the end of the day, I guarantee you, like, look, everybody deserves a second chance in life, okay? And, you know, you get people that have actually killed people and did time, and, and they get second opportunities. I get that, you know? Uh, but at the end of the day, there's some guys in that locker room that he's never going to recover from that. He's never going to recover from them statements. 
if you got a guy that has spent three to four hours a day on a training table every week, every day, just to get ready to play on Sundays or Thursdays or Mondays, and you're hurting and you're doing your job, whatever, and to hear one of your teammates say, I didn't make that block because I didn't want to get hurt. You do better basically getting a DUI, uh, getting arrested or getting whatever for domestic violence, all these bad. You do better by doing that by your peers and teammates than saying that. Tomlin has no choice but to say that right now. As far as I'm concerned, and I love Mike Tomlin, that's all PC talk because you're not mathematically eliminated yet. The locker room is already fractured. It's obviously by their play. It's obviously about when you fire, when you talk about when you fire a coordinator is one thing. When you fire a coordinator, that is panic. That is exactly the reason why I hate to bring it back here, but that's exactly the reason why Vance Joseph is still coaching this day because Sean didn't panic. It was no panic. And they were one in five. Steelers ain't never been yet one in five. I love Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin can say what he wants to say now. Yeah, you know the reason why he's going to go play? Because he doesn't have a choice right now. There is no way a guy that basically could be receiver number three or a receiver two or you're loaded the receiver position or you win it could make that comment and survive and still basically be a starter and not get benched. That Look, I know we're going through a lot of new ways in the National Football League and things are changing. The one thing ain't going to change old school ways. It's about when you get to that level, it's about accountability. You can't say that. Even if you think, and that's why I said at the beginning of the, uh, when, you know, last hour when I talked about this, there's a, Pickett's not the only one. There are guys constantly every year, every decade, 30 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, two years, that makes business decisions, they call them, where you look like, hey, man, you know what? If I go in there, that could be six to eight weeks and I'm out and I could, and it's a split second and you go, you don't go and you don't go and tell it. It's something about that generation, man. And I hate to be old guys, but I even look at the look at the rap music. You want to know why you got so many rappers that got Rico cases and and got, you know, things because they commit stuff, but they got to go to IG and Twitter and show you and talk about it. There's a lot of rappers back in the 90s doing dirt, doing catching bodies, but you never really heard about it because they didn't go tell about it. They didn't sit there and make a call. Hey, man, you know what I just did? Yeah, man, I called me 187. I'm going to go to Instagram. I'm going to post a live, man. Maybe I might get a million views off this, bro. What is it with this generation that wants to tell you? Like, you don't sit there. You're getting your ass beat. You're, you're barely at 500. You've lost to two teams that had losing streaks coming in, the New England Patriots. You take a loss to them at home. You, I, I forgot who the other bad loss they took that was on the losing streak coming Cardinals. in. Cardinals. And you're George, he ain't that talented. He ain't that good to sit there at his locker or a podcast where he said, oh, I didn't want to get hurt. You can't even say that in a college locker room and maybe a high school locker room and not get, and get away with that. He put Tomlin in a tough situation. And I promise you, if Tomlin stays on, which I think he's going to, if, if he wants to part ways, whatever. But I promise you, they will be looking for reassurance and, and, and insurance on, on pick. Whether he comes back or not, they will be looking for reassurance for that. And, and I'm sorry, I'm not putting pick and short springing on Pickett. 
I'm not ready to give up on Pickett yet. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL or if he's got or not, but I know that offense under Canada was terrible. And to be honest with you, um, you know, this is our first real test to see Pittsburgh try to develop a quarterback. Ben was out of the Miami of Ohio University. Ben walked into a loaded roster, and Ben was big, and he had talent, and that's just what it was. Pickett, you know, it may be the pressure of being the hometown kid. That's a lot of pressure, too. We don't talk about that when we talk Pickett. Some people can't play in their hometown, just like not everybody can play in New York and Boston. So I, I'm not ready to sit there and put all their offensive woes on, on Kenny Pickett. I'm not doing that. And I'm damn sure they ain't got nothing to do with George Pickens, who has underachieved since he's been there. He's basically been, you know, a catch here and there that goes viral. And that isn't bad. He's had bad um, film on before this year. And he's, he's been in controversy this year. And not only that, I think what the other receiver watched, what's the other guy, Johnson, excuse me, there was a clip a few weeks ago that he didn't even run after the fumble recovery. So when you say there's something in the water with the receiving room, yeah, man, it's a lack of effort and it's fractured. And they, you got some guys in there that ain't going uh, apple sack to the wall to try to get W's. Hines Ward rolling around his grave, man. One of the best receivers in Steelers history. One of my favorite receivers ever to play the game. Yeah, think about that. Could you imagine Heinz Ward? Man, I didn't want to get. This is a guy that gave a crack back. When you can, I'm talking about blocking. I'm talking about when them Ravens and Bengals game, especially them Baltimore games, were brutal. Before all the rule change, Heinz Ward about a buck twenty five, wet and wearing boots, solid though, putting his nose in against linebackers. And you got Piggins. Oh, man, I, I didn't want to get hurt. Well, then go play in the Olympics coming up. You know, this coming up in the Olympics is something they got flag football. Then go do that. 877-37-GRIND. All right, moving on. So that's pretty much the off-the-field stuff that I wanted to get to. Uh, but looking at the matchups coming up this weekend, since we'll be off, we'll start with the uh, big one at South Beach, Dallas versus Miami. Um Dallas is taking a trip down to South Beach. Um, look, Tua's got a message, and Coach McDaniels has got a message to the media. McDaniels says that, hey, you know, going into this matchup, now this is another opportunity for Miami to, quote-unquote, get a good win on their schedule or on their resume, a quality win. Well, McDaniels doesn't want to hear anything about it. McDaniel said, uh, you know, just with all due respect, and for that, you know, I'm trying to tell my players, you know, listen to this narrative of who we've beaten and all that. And with all due respect to you and the media, all respect, I told him to tell y'all to F off. So McDaniels has already got a chip and trying to, you know, manifest that and pass that down to his players. And they're like, look, man, I know we're high flying this and this, but they don't think y'all done anything yet. And this is Dallas coming in. Miami's a one and a half point favorite. Um, Tyreek Hill. I, I don't know what his status. I mean, do they have him listed as questionable? Um, I told you earlier during the week that I felt the most important thing for Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins is to make sure that he's going to be healthy for week 18 when Buffalo comes into town where that could be for the division. Um, what do you got? Unspecified right now. Don't be surprised you tune in that game. He doesn't play. I told you the other day that line at one and a half Miami only at one and a half. I think that has to do because the desert's looking that they, he's probably not going to play this game. 
and he probably shouldn't play. Um, you know, Miami's in a situation to where they were it was a dogfight they were going to be in going to compete with Baltimore for the number one seed in the AFC, the overall number one seed. That kind of went out the window um, when they kind of choked that game away versus the Tennessee Titans a couple weeks ago. I think right now, uh, if you just look at the keys of this, I think, you know, with Miami, what I'm more looking at this is how is, you know, Vic Vangio, which is the defensive coordinator um, that is going to be taking on Dallas in this offense. Um, for one, he's had success against Dak Prescott before, beat him when Denver was playing uh, Dallas a few couple years ago with Teddy Bridgewater. Defense just totally dominated. Now, this is a total different offense now. I mean, Mike McCarthy was a coach. Kellen Moore is calling the play. This is a different offense now, different Dak Prescott, better Dak Prescott. Um I don't think Vic is going to, if you're Miami, you don't want to go in this situation assuming and listen to the narrative that Dallas just sucks away from home and they can't put up these points of offense. You still got to respect your opponent. And I think Vic Vangio, uh, you know, was kind of okay as a coach at Denver. I just think he, he was more of a coordinator because you have to be responsible for offense and this and oversee that. And I think Vic, that's kind of where his lack of, uh, you know, accountability, you know, he was just kind of worried about the defense and, and that was kind of where it was, uh, was at. But he's definitely one of the best defensive coordinators in NFL history. And I think it's going to be a challenge for them this whole week. And he takes it as a challenge on how you're going to contain this Dallas Cowboys offense. On Dallas, on the other end, um, Mike McCarthy said it. I didn't say it. Mike McCarthy said it after the last game. Uh, regardless what's on the horizon, regardless what's down the road, uh, we've got to find a way to win a, a road play, a road game, not a playoff game, just a road game. And this is their next opportunity. Um, I think if you're going in, when you get to December around this time, and we're a few days from St. Nick coming down the chimney, you want to make sure that you're not, there's two things, that you're not developing any bad habits at this time as a team collectively. Um, and number two, that you're, you, you're, you're, you're going into the playoffs with momentum. Even if you've got that one buy, even if you're going to be the number one seed, like the 49ers or the Ravens, you want to have, even if you're going to be sitting that first week, you can still go in the playoffs with some momentum. The one thing I think is important to Dallas is that, you know what? You're not most like you're not having home field advantage. There's a possibility that if Philly really slips up the last week, you can steal the division, which would probably give you two home games in the NFC with the record they would have if they went out, speaking of Dallas. But you'd also know that if you're going to get to Vegas in February to the Super Bowl, speaking of the Cowboys, you're going to have to win a road game. You're either going to have to win a road game maybe in Detroit, maybe in Levi Stadium, San Fran, you're going to have to win a road game. So why not go against one of the better teams, if not the second or the first best team? And I think, you know, consensus would tell you they're probably the second best team in the AFC behind the Baltimore Ravens. And they are a iffy best second team because of what defense is going to show up. And, you know, are they going to be able to? Because I think when you look at Miami, they're still a finesse team on offense. I don't look at them. You know, McDaniels comes for the 49ers. When you look at the 49ers, they are a physical team on offense and defense. 
I think Miami, that they're getting healthier in the trenches on the D-line, and they're getting a little bit healthier on the offensive line as well, too. They weathered that storm. Not a lot of people give them credit for that because we don't talk about that, but they have dealt with some injuries. I think they're still a finesse team on offense. And, you know, when you're Dallas, you know, when you're Miami, you know, can you win? You want to be able to win against a physical defense. You want to be able to know that we are at home. We can put up points. We can win this game against a physical defense, which Dallas is. And if you're the Cowboys, you, you got to Whatever this does with you in the standings is gravy. You got to go try to win a, uh, a road game and perform better. I'm not saying they got to go beat Miami by put up 40 or 50 like they're at home, but they have not played. They've, like I said, they're the Millie Vanilli team of the NFL when it comes to home in a way. You know, blame it on the rain. Stolen Grammys. One of the biggest hustles in U.S. history. Thought we were all this, you know, light skinned brothers, dreads, baby green eye just singing, blame it on the rain. And it was all a fraud. That's Dallas from home in the rain, but home and away. Okay. Kind of when that song just gets stuck right there when the Billy Vanilli got busted. I never forget that. It was hilarious. Must have been humiliating though. But we'll see how it plays out. 877-37 grind. The Texans. Um the Texans are getting ready for the Brownies to come in. Cleveland Brown, Joe Flacco coming in. Um, no C.J. Stroud. Um, his head really hit hard on the on the turf there. Um, he's missing his second straight game for all indications. They're going to go with Case Keenum again. I told you yesterday we were looking at the midline report. Uh, the the Browns at that time as of yesterday was about a two and a half point favored. Um, this is a big game for both. Um, it's a big game for both, speaking of the Texans and uh, Cleveland. I mean, every game in the AFC uh, for the next three weeks are going to have implications, especially when you're sitting with the 7-7s seven and sevens and the 7-6s and, and stuff. Um, th these are been saying it for weeks now. Very, very much a lot of playoff implications on these games. Uh, I'll touch on a little thing on that when we get back. Also, Denver. Denver's going to be uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, getting ready to host the New England Patriots. We will talk about that as well when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. 
It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.